It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves show, part of the Fanatical Elves Network. I'm your host of the show tonight, John Suchan, and we have our wonderful contributors, the Village Elliot Elliot and Steve Gill. Welcome, guys. How are you tonight, Steve? How are you? Doing great. It's Elliot, slow season. How, slow season. <laughs> Elliot, how are you tonight? Oh, fantastic. It's just a wonderful night to talk football, so let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, it has been a little bit of a boring season. I do, though, want to give a shout-out to my lovely wife, Laura. Today is our fifth wedding anniversary, and so I'm celebrating with you guys on our wonderful podcast tonight. So, But I want to give a shout-out. You want to make it to six there, Laura, Laura, Laura does a wonderful job. Every season, I have season tickets. And um, we always manage, you know, she'll come up to one of the first uh, games of the season when it's still very warm in Cleveland. So I, I give Laura props and uh, and uh, she's even bought some Browns gear recently. So she's not a not a big football fan. So I'm very well, thankful. You're celebrating My- your anniversary with us. I hope I you have a plan, man. This does not. Yeah, sound you, you better like have something. Well, it's, it's, it's still early in the. It's still early in the evening, so it's only okay. All right, well, okay. It's six fifteen down there in Nashville, I believe, right? You're still, yes, you're still an 6:15 hour behind there. down in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So, right. um, it's I'm, been kind well, of. A- I, uh, speaking of spouses, I'm lucky. Uh, of course, my wife and I have been married thirty-seven years. Congratulations! But she tells people uh, she's big. She likes sports. Uh, she grew up. Uh, she was born in Chicago, but she tells everybody that she's a Browns fan by default, and it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right yeah, that's all right yeah. um so it's been a uh was kind of a slow week and part of that week i i have written a couple articles uh one for northeast sports insiders 
which is a great group of uh, folks that write a lot about Cleveland sports and also uh, high school sports up there in Northeastern Ohio. I wrote an article about Nick Chubb. We're going to talk about Nick Chubb here a little bit in a moment. We also wrote an article on Miles Garrett uh, for Dog Pound Daily, which I know uh, Elliot uh, had, an opp- had an opportunity <laughs> to talk to the left guard, Joel, this morning on the uh, football philosophy and rocket science, another great podcast. And while we're speaking of podcasts, I just want to give also props to Steve over there. Um, he had his uh, initial number one episode of the Dog Pound South uh, podcast, bringing a little uh, different, uh, not Cleveland perspective to his show. So congratulations, Steve, on that. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you rocked. You were awesome. So please go back and listen to all those shows. So my, I wrote an article about Miles Garrett. The title of the article was something along the lines of Miles Garrett isn't exactly the leader that we thought maybe he would be. And I know Elliot discussed that, that uh, title. Um, <laughs> And in suggesting that maybe our leader in, in chief at Dog Pound Daily, Randy, might have uh, changed the article or whatnot. Actually, that was the the title of the article. And I know, shocking, isn't it? And so, um, you know, you have, have a lot of those Mile Garrett uh, fans. There are there are many of them out there. I found that really? out. Really? How many? Uh, <laughs> lots. And um <laughs> It was, uh, you know, an article that I just want to, you know, get your take about Miles himself. But, but, but my initial take in the article was just generally to speak of how Miles is a leader potentially in some areas, and I even gave him his props and suggested as such. But that some of the things that he has done over the course of his six years in Cleveland from various things from throwing helmets to driving a car really fast to pointing out some minor things with the coaching department. Um, sometimes he's kind of picked and choose chosen what he wants to say. And he's more of an introverted kind of personality. And I kind of talked about that at the beginning of the article briefly and how even coming out of college, there was, uh, there were discussions. I recall listening to other uh, folks discussing him and how he was a great football talent, but he had a lot of other outside uh, interests uh, that didn't involve football. And so, no, um, no. so basically that was the, the gist of the article. I guess I just, just want to speak of this first and then I want to get your take. Those, all of you who have maybe even managed to click on the article and the article is not clickbait, like some folks out there in uh, the Birdland like to suggest or whatnot. Uh, I, I do hope that the, some of you who may have thought it was would go back and actually read uh, the article. It is unfortunate that many um, have <laughs> really, really rude. No, just read the title and criticize. Don't even read the article. Just criticize. You don't need Welcome. to read the article. Just the title Welcome. is sufficient. Yes. Welcome to Brown's Welcome Twitter. To Welcome to, yes. Well, I've been exposed to it for a little bit now, but this um, is 2023. We don't read yes. articles. We no, only we don't. react to the title. I don't yes. have time. <laughs> so I guess my so coming back to Miles Garrett and the leadership style that he has, and I, Elliot, I heard you talking to Joel about it earlier this today, and and your take then was generally that Miles doesn't necessarily have to be the actual like a leader. Um, would you, you want to delve into that a little bit and and explain your, your position on it? And then Steve, I'd like to get your take on, um, that. Yeah, I think, I think leadership is, uh, sort of a, an overrated quality among players. I, I think it's something that people just pick and choose in order to have something to say about players. They talk about, oh, so-and-so is a coach on the field and, and so-and-so does this and -and so-and-so does that. Well, I want coaches on the sideline to be coaches. How about that? (laughs) You know, there's, there's things, there's responsibilities that players have due to their position on the football field. That's usually the middle linebacker has to call the signals and that makes him sort of a a leader. Yeah. You mentioned that. Has to call the signals for the offense and then the center usually calls the signals for the linemen, the offensive linemen, and that just has to be done. Mm-hmm. But you know the idea that oh, this player, the halfback, has to be a leader on the field, and 
and uh, the defensive lineman. What do you want the defensive lineman to do exactly when he's on the field? You know, that uh, follow me, men. I'm the defensive end. I want you to have great morale because I am the defensive end, and I shall inspire you to penetrate the offensive line and kill the quarterback. Come on. That's not the way that you win football games. You don't inspire people. You overpower the guys and tackle the quarterback. It yes. has nothing to do with psychology. It has everything to do with athletic ability, tactics, and following the game plan, and very little to do with everybody on the team wanting to be a leader. And well, I, uh, Elliot, yeah, and I think that's part of your coaches. Elliot, part of my take on it was kind of getting to what you're talking about. But criticize John anyway because he deserves it. Absolutely. And it yeah. posts my picture all over Twitter. That's right. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Um no, that's and that was kind of the point of I've all the time that I've followed Garrett's career and listening to him. And think seeing about all the other things that he's doing on the side outside of football and writing children's books and uh, you know he's very he's very good. I mean, he does he write children's books really? He he really does. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. But you know what? I I just really want him to play football. I don't want to levy additional you know requirements on him. I love Miles Garrett. I don't care what he does. I love the guy. I will defend Miles Garrett. I don't yeah. want him to have to do other things. I think he's a wonderful player. I like Miles Garrett, and I just don't really want to add a shopping list of expectations on him. I think sure. he's a great football player. Well, I think he will make the Hall of Fame, and yes. I, I just really don't want to place other requirements uh, on him. I think – you know, what do, what do you want him to do? I mean, right. What, what well, do really I don't think, do? Elliot, if you read the article that I wrote, I did no, not. I just looked at the title and right. criticized you. That's I, did all not, I, I did not even suggest. I I'm was trying to share <laughs> out, like you just have said very nicely, that it he um, we want him to play football, like you said. And that, but how, what type of personality is, doesn't always fit with, what some people, and I'm not even saying myself because I don't believe this either. I, I, I like your take on this. And I like your take on what you say about, of, of, of miles. Um, I was trying to give it kind of a, a look at it from different angles and, and leave it at that. So Steve, well, how about you? Well, um, first of all, uh, miles Garrett is a hell of a player. He's a hell of a Halloween decorator. Um, he's an amateur paleontologist he writes children's books and he sacks quarterbacks Mm -hmm. Um, so he's not loud so he's not Mm. he doesn't jump around Nick Chubb isn't loud Nick Chubb is one of the best players on the team Nick Chubb is quiet if he smiles a lot you know he's happy I mean it's human behavior Mm -hmm. to have your, your people think that your best player should be the most vocal mm-hmm. and jumping around like a maniac. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Stefanski right. is cool, calm, and collected on the sidelines. He calm gets criticized Eddie. for that. You know, you win games, who cares? You sack the quarterback, right. who cares? That's the way Miles Garrett was in college at Texas A&M. So what? I mean, I, I just, you know, just do your job. Like Elliot said, just do your job. I don't care about the other stuff. Well, and I think that was part of when I threw in the in the article, I you know, I mentioned that the helmet throwing incident. And the way that I brought it up was a bit of a surprise, how it surprised a lot of us. I neither none of us, I'm sure, in this room right now talking about Miles Garrett would have even thought that he would go to that length whatever happened in that moment. I mean, he he lost well, we'll, control. We'll never know um, because they turned off all the audio apparently right, right before that happened. Right. <laughs> and major glitch on the network and building right. the Browns and <laughs> all that other NFL right. films. Yeah, we've lost it all. No, so I think it just you know it, that surprised me. I even you know I shared that and I, it it does it was a surprising thing that he, that we saw him do. We it was completely out of the character we've kind of 
um, the way that he is, the type of individual he had been up until that point. And um, so anyway, it, it, I think it, it kind of threw uh, the fan base off a little bit. It threw me off. Yeah. So I know. Anyway, I think the coach lost control of the team long before that incident boiled over. That was very yes. predictable. I was upset uh, way before the incident happened hmm. because I what I thought was happening was that the coach had uh, or somebody in the coaching staff had said, OK, we're going to uh, be the uh, old Oakland Raiders and we're going to intimidate the Steelers. Hmm. And uh, there was a series of incidents where yes. the Browns had overstepped was, the line of uh, decent play. Is that with Greg and, Williams when he had taken over, right? Hugh had left and they – No. No, that was Freddie. No. No, that, that was, was Freddie. Oh, that's right. That was Freddie yes, yes, Kitchen. Yes. Oh, oh, I got gotcha. you. My, yeah, my no, mistake. Yep. No, I mean, the, yeah, the Browns were way over aggressive and they had committed uh, – uh, several penalties of uh, you know that involved right. excessive uh, violence yeah. against the Steelers, and uh, you know um, you know it, it is clear that Mason Rudolph uh, was the you know started the incident, but I also understand why he was frustrated because there were so many things that the Browns had done. It was, it was just it was just escalating. Right, you know, absolutely. It was predictable that something bad was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Very predictable, and mm -hmm. in fact, I predicted it. And now, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you know. So yeah, no. There I don't, was an article you know, written uh, recently. Uh, I went back and I looked at some articles from back then. I believe it was the Wall Street Journal or one of those periodicals actually talked about the dysfunction of the Browns organization at the it time. Was the yes. Wall it was Wall the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yes. I remember the, that article. The team was geared, you know, the Browns sideline was laughing and having a good time while this was going on. Uh -huh. The coaching staff had the Browns totally in the wrong mindset. They were way over aggressive, way over yeah. the line. Absolutely. And the, they had lost control of the entire team. I don't blame Miles Garrett. Uh, for what happened, I blame the coaching staff for oh, yeah. giving the wrong mentality to the entire team. Uh, there were a number of incidents that led up to the incident. This is just the culmination mm -hmm. of a series of dysfunctional, unprofessional incidents that uh, caused a good football team to act in a dysfunctional manner, and Freddie Kitchens had to go because of that game yeah There's so no let me before we we're gonna oh, take yeah. a take a we're gonna take a break here in a couple minutes before we take the break though you know we're talking about miles and and being the leader of the defense so let's say he's not no he's uh, not the leader of the right. defense that's a defensive no. coordinator's job <laughs> let's let the players play and the coaches coach how about now, that for a plan now if you're looking for a player i mean anthony yes. walker has always been that if you're looking for a player that's who right is, who's gonna couple players and i i think one is going to be juan thornhill mm -hmm. he has been fantastic in in the videos i've seen the other one would be Roddy mcleod yes because he knows the defense he knows schwartz's defense Okay. Those guys, you know, and plus they play in the secondary. They're kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway. I like seeing some of the stuff, you know, from Coach Schwartz. You know, they so, showed some video. Oh, yeah. That's him. Of, That's of interacting. Yeah. And him gathering into the, the group and, you know, um, his style. It'll be interesting how that all plays out this season. Well, so. who's got the green dot on the back of their helmet? Answer me that. Exactly. That's what I'm waiting for. Yes. Well, it's the middle linebacker. It's, it it's, will be, uh, yeah. If Anthony it's, Walker's it's Walker, it's Anthony it's Walker. Mm -hmm. He's the one but, that calls the signals. Uh, some teams have been known to put it on a safety, so don't rule it out. It can be a safety, him. yeah. It's not the defensive end, so let's just no, do it. No, it's up. not. <laughs> just give up on that. All right. Exactly. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. And then we're going to talk about Nick Chubb with the is uh, Nick Chubb. So we're going to hold your thoughts here. We're going to take pause for a couple second break. We're going to come back again. This is the Fanatical Elves show, part of Fans First Sports Network. And we are talking about Miles Garrett tonight. And we're going to talk about Nick Chubb next. We'll be right back. Might be the head usher at the 50 yard line. That's right. We'll be right back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, we are back. Might be the might be the fifty yard line. Yeah, why doesn't Miles Garrett be the head usher at the 50 yard line? Why isn't that his responsibility? Is he shirking his responsibilities by not being the head usher at the 50 yard line? Why can't he do that job? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So let's talk about another quiet player, relatively speaking, on the Browns. Who Amari is, Cooper? Uh, Amari Cooper. <laughs> that's right. Amari Cooper. Uh, Nick Chubb. So I wrote an article also this week about Nick Chubb a little bit. I'm actually What is bad did you say about Nick Chubb? Yeah, yeah. what did I say? You about Nick Chubb? <laughs> when actually, is it going to end? I used, I Sujan, used the, have you no sense of decency? Man, we, I, we got I use the word masterpiece in watching history in the making with Nick Chubb. And Can you say masterpiece on public media? <laughs> I think so. Well, we can beat right. that out later. So <laughs> Nick Chubb is it going into his sixth year with the, the, the team. He's roughly at, what, 64, 65 hundred yards rushing. He will, if he has a good season, he will pass Mike Pruitt and Leroy Kelly and be in sole possession of second place behind Jim Brown, who's sitting at about 12,213 yards or 30 yards somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. So, you know, I'm this article. I, you know, I would love for Nick to get that third contract with the Browns, but we'll talk about that another day. Uh, As far as Nick Chubb being in the hall of fame or getting to that point, let's say he's playing for the Browns or another team. Uh, the way that he started his first five seasons is pretty good. Do you expect Nick Chubb to be a future Hall of Famer? Let's start with you, Steve. Sure. I don't see any reason why. I mean, barring a major injury, mm-hmm. which won't happen. Um, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, that was me knocking on wood. I have a wood top desk. So uh, I like how. <laughs> Oh, see, we woke up my dog. Oh, well, my dog's not doing anything. <laughs> Thanks. Jeez. Rufus, our dog, our, our, our mascot for the Browns here. Okay, well, good. I'm, we have I'm a dog named Rufus, dog. Elliot. Okay. <laughs> so, Nick Chubb, Steve, what do you – so you think, yes, he's definitely on yeah, his I way. Yeah, I think he has the potential to do that. I mean, just, just the way – I mean, he plays. I mean – I mean, yes, he's his first game. We've all we talked about it. Yeah, you know, three carries, hundred five yards, two touchdowns yes. behind a 
not the greatest offensive line in the world with not the greatest head coach in the world, Mr. One and 31. Yeah. You know, he showed, he showed on those two long runs exactly oh, why he is who he is. So, yes. Yeah. What a brilliant start to a fantastic career to this point. Took a couple of weeks. <laughs> now, wasn't it, I was trying to do some research on these games. I'm doing the top 10 of, of, uh, Chubb's games. One of them includes the game against the Atlanta Falcons, the home game in 2000. Uh, later, later that season, run. wasn't it Jim Donovan who gave him the the Chubba Wubba Hubba? That was Chubba Wubba Wubba. Yeah, Chubba Wubba Wubba. Yeah, that's what he. That's what I and then put the that Cincinnati in my, game where he said he was running towards the river. Hey, that's that's right. <laughs> that's right. Was that the 2018 season or 2020? There was a. He's had so many good games against the Cincinnati Bengals. There was a game in 2021 where they won 41 to 16. And he was just, he had a 10 yard carry average in that game. He only ran the ball 17 times, only 27 times on the field. That was, that's, I guess, Elliot, before I go to you about uh, Nick Chubb going to the hall of fame, which I wanted your take on it. One of the things that really I found interesting in looking back at some of Chubb's data is how he's been used and how much he's been used by the coaches as far as how many uh, numbers of plays he's been on, on the actual field and offense. And it was very interesting to see how his numbers um, when he was with Hugh Jackson, they, they grew like he was doing nothing. And then he got into that third game. And then from there on out the end of the 2018 season, he got up into like the 70, 80% of the offensive plays the following year in 2019, when we were talking just about Freddie Kitchens, it was still relatively helter skelter, but it was more high than low. It wasn't, it hasn't been until the last four years that I find it interesting. So Stefanski, who usually is much more detailed and has a plan. If you look his numbers since he's been with Stefanski, they are been much more consistent in that 50 to 56 percentile as far as offensive plays. Now the lat there were a couple games this last season where he was in there a few times where like 70%. But I I gotta give props to Stefanski and that I don't give him enough credit, but he he is stuck with that that schedule of you know keeping him in so much. So I wanted your take on that, Elliot, and also, you know, Nick being in the in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, you know, one of my favorite statistics is the number of yards from scrimmage per uh, snap on the field. So how many mm-hmm. how many yards per, from scrimmage mm-hmm. does the player have divided by total snaps? Mm-hmm. And Nick Chubb is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If you look uh, league-wide, he's usually in the top three of all offensive players. And, Does this uh, include offensive snaps total or just the times that he carries the ball? No, uh, total. Total, and okay. So, wow. so what this means is, um, in other words, the uh, how much does the team choose to rely on him? How many times do they call his mm-hmm. number? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what does he do with the ball when he does get it? So um, I don't really like yards per carry. Well, I do like yards per carry. That's a significant thing. Um, but it, it also, um, you know, that stat doesn't tell you how much they rely on a player. So if, mm-hmm. if, in other words, you have a lot of yards per carry, but they don't use you that often, that mm-hmm. kind of means that the team doesn't really depend on you that much, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, but in Chubb's case, he splits time with Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. uh, or historically. Right. Right. And so his uh, total yards per uh, from scrimmage divided by total snaps is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the highest mm-hmm. in the league year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, his, you know, I mean, I, that I Bengals was, game, that Bengals game I spoke of back in 2021, he was on, the, on he did, had 27 snaps offensively and he carried the ball 17 times. So that I mean that speaks to what you're yeah saying. yeah right yeah they t- he tends to get the ball like more than half the time that he's on the field just mm-hmm. a phenomenal uh, number and he gets like three yards uh, per snap some ridiculous number like that mm-hmm. 
And so he's very, very productive. When he's on the field, uh, he's going to make yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's few players in the league like that. So mm-hmm. he's extremely dominant, uh, just the dominant person on the field when he's on the – or excuse me, the, the dominant uh, part of the offense when he's on the mm-hmm. field. And um, I, uh, I, I think there's uh, – very little question that he has a shot at the Hall of Fame. And you have to tell me, well, is he going to stay healthy? How long yeah. is he going to play? And is the team going to win the Super Bowl? There's sort of a mm-hmm. unwritten criterion mm-hmm. that uh, the team has to have playoff success in order to be considered for the Hall of Fame. I don't yeah. know. You know, there's there's some stupid rules, unwritten rules of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The Hall of Fame tends to be a hall of stats, which I don't like. Uh-huh. They don't give you any consideration for being a good blocker, which is stupid. Um, I think, you know, for example, I was always a supporter of uh, keeping Terrell Owens on the team when a lot of teams wanted to cut him. I thought, no, don't cut Terrell Owens. He's mm. a good player, but teams would, you know, consider cutting him. Um, but then on the other hand, at the end of his career, they said, oh, well, let's put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what you were you know all these teams you know actually did cut him you know they didn't want to keep him because he yeah. was you know very difficult to justify uh in the team context and then uh y- you know i think all these sports writers said, oh he'll be so grateful to us for putting him in the hall of fame <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you know he just really grabbed his award and then went home and uh you know he just really was not he just really was not uh, interested in the you know team concept. I don't think he mm-hmm. was a team player. I would put him on my team, mm-hmm. but I don't think he was the best player on the team mm-hmm. wherever he went. Yeah. So, so it's really gonna it's gonna matter. I mean, the longevity of Nick and if he can continue to stay relatively yeah. healthy. And, but I, I, I the yeah, and the make, and the, the yeah. idiosyncratic idiosyncratic nature of the hall of fame has to also be taken into account. I don't think that the writers or, you know, the voters have a clear idea of who it is that they want to see in the hall of fame. You know, otherwise uh, definitely we would see uh, people like Ernest Biner should be in the hall of fame. Sure. Uh, Clay, Clay Matthews, Matthews should be Clay in the Matthews hall of fame. Definitely should be in the hall um, of fame. You know, I mentioned that I'm skeptical about whether Terrell Owens should have been in the Hall of Fame. He certainly mm-hmm. had the ability, certainly right. had the stats, but I don't know that, um, you know, that his uh, contribution to his team was mm-hmm. uh, overall was yeah. um, what I want a uh, Hall of Fame player to well, have. We'll see. we'll see what the next year or two holds and see what the Browns decide to do. And how, what I think this is going to be a fascinating year for Nick Chubb coming on the heels of, you know, Jim Brown passing away. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I think Elliot, like you've talked about a little bit and Steve too, um, you, you know, not, uh, you know, with Kareem Hunt not being there and this offense being a little different potentially, uh, you know, I think he's, he's smiling a lot. Nick Chubb, I think he's going to have a really another great year if he can I don't stay. care if he smiles or not. I think he's going to have, um, a larger role in the offense than he's ever had before. You're going to see him catching more passes. I'll tell more you more passes. Yeah. But I don't think that you're going to see his. I don't. But but even with that, I and I think they can still do it. It was Stefanski holding that percentage though of of overall plays on the offense. I think he'll still keep. He'll maintain that. I I've really been impressed when I, you look at it. Man, I was like, that's really good. That's that's coaching. That's that's a guy. That's a coaching staff that is. Uh, th- granted, the Browns aren't always winning, but I give them some credit for keeping that part of of him, and I'm sure other players. And I haven't looked at other players, but but keeping those sorts of things consistent. Well, yeah. My my thing is that we don't have Kareem Hunt. Uh, that's a lot of touches that need to go somewhere. And uh, very likely some of those touches are going to go to Nick Chubb. I don't think they're all going to go to Jerome Ford. Yes. No. Let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, just a few names, if you have any, that I know we've talked about this before. 
But again, the Browns have their training camp coming up in a few weeks. And I know, Steve, you touched on this on your Dog Pound South podcast the other day. We talked about, you mentioned Demetric Felton, that you're a little bit higher on his well, um, potential. Um, yeah. The, the thing with Felton, d- does the coaching staff trust a guy who was drafted three years ago and a guy who was drafted two years ago to back up Nick Chubb? That's why mm-hmm. everybody's saying, well, you know, Ford or Felton, one is going to have to go. And there are some, you know, there are some veteran running backs out there mm-hmm. that, you know, the coaching staff might feel a little better about. Mm-hmm. Um, hit with with Felton, I don't know. I Like I said, I think there are 46 spots already locked up on the, the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. And one of those spots that is in a position battle, and I'm writing an article about – the three position battles out of mm-hmm. the, the five positions. Okay. I think most important. And of course the number one is running back. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you keep Felton or do you sign somebody like, um, oh, oh. Kenyon Drake or mm-hmm. remember Dante Hilliard? He's still a free agent. Ah. Uh, yeah. Kendron uh, Drake played for the Baltimore Ravens. I know I heard exactly. that. Elliot, He's a veteran. Elliot talking about, about him this morning a little bit. Yeah, he's a veteran. Uh, uh, Justin Jackson, who played for the Lions, another veteran. I right. mean, it, it depends on how much faith uh, Stump Mitchell and the other coaches have in the running backs they have now. I mm-hmm. mean. Obviously, yeah. everything changes, you know, in a split second if Chubb does get injured. You know, Yeah, that's, that see, that, that's what yeah. you've got to prepare for. I mean, like I said, they, 46 out of the 53 are pretty much locked up. And we're talking about, you know, th- fourth-string guard and fourth-string defensive tackle. Um, right. I think the linebacker situation, you know, Sione Takitaki, I, I, I still think he's going to end up on the pup list. Okay. I don't think he's going to be ready to go. So that'll okay. give a few more linebackers to make the team. Sure. And your fourth safety. Oh, ooh. Wow, position back of battles for you know depth. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. So, but I don't. I would love to see. I liked him in UCLA uh, when, mm-hmm. when Felton. He was good value where he was picked. But it always de- it just depends on when. Now, now that's your dog. All right, that's my that's dog. A great is a dog woman. imitation, nice. amazing. I noticed I did that while I was talking too. <laughs> Between your yeah. dog and Rufus down here, you know, they're just barking, you know. But we'll see. I'll leave that up to the coaching. I would feel more comfortable if there was a veteran back there. Sure. Uh, sure. Let me ask a silly question. Elliot. Let me oh, ask we love, good. We I love, love silly questions. questions. My silly question is, is do we really believe that Demetric Felton and or Anthony Schwartz are going to be claimed on waivers if they are waived? Number one, That's and number head. two, the the other. Uh, this is a two part question: Is if they are waived, would they accept a spot on the Browns uh, practice squad uh, yeah. if they do clear waivers, or would they jump to another team? Of course, if they right. did jump to another team, the Browns could uh, jerk them back uh, if they need them uh, in case of an injury. But if they're on the Browns practice squad, the thing right. that's advantageous is that they can play uh, on the Browns 53-player roster because, remember, you can promote them temporarily yep. on game day. And so you could use Anthony Schwartz and Demetric Felton in a game when they're on the practice squad, and that's kind of a freebie. That's better actually than being on the 53 player roster right but being frozen out of the 46 player active day uh, game day roster and i think actually anthony schwartz i kind of like as the uh you know you can use the the speed on the jet sweep in certain situations you can put him on as a speed guy and have him run the go route or pitch out and have him run the jet sweep in certain situations. So I do like uh, Anthony Schwartz as kind of a specialty back that you might carry as the uh-huh. extra 
player from the practice squad. So I kind of like the idea of Schwartz on the practice squad. I yeah okay. Could see yeah, that. I could see that. Yeah. Well, we've got some time to think about it, and we've got uh, some training camps that are coming up that I'm excited. I mean, you guys, I know we're all you know looking forward to those, and um, right around the corner here. Uh, let's change gears just a little bit. Uh, this is our um, trivia, cardiac trivia time. The great Brian Sipe. Where did he play college? I was saying off air to Stephen uh, Elliott that where he played ball, I'd like to know your guesses here in a minute. But well, found, I know that I, one immediately. I found, I found it so interesting. It, you know, it makes you feel old. or I mean, I feel or young now compared like he played <laughs> he me. played football he played football in 1969 1970 and 1971 at this college he threw for more interceptions most seasons than touchdown passes which fascinates me uh with you know one year he had 17 touchdown throws and 23 interceptions and i think he did that like he played three years at this school but i just thought that was interesting he threw the ball a lot he was thousands of yards passing so, any guesses at the as the, the, the college? Oh, I know that cold. So do I. All right, and what is it, Elliot? San Diego State. Yes, the Aztecs. Aztecs. Yeah, yeah they, the, they were kind of a funny school. They were very well known as sort of a offensive uh, powerhouse uh, back then. Although you know, a small school, nevertheless, uh, they were very good at throwing a ball, right. and it was not uncommon to throw a bunch of interceptions when you did that. And they just lived with the interceptions and took the big yardage and Sype could move the ball. Always could. And he didn't really come out when he came to Cleveland. He didn't play right away. Oh, no, no, no. no. He was buried uh, on the Cavs squad for, I think about uh, 30 years or so before they finally (laughs) let him play. (laughs) it, It is fascinating though, because that's back in the day. I mean, that's what quarterbacks did. They didn't come, right out of college and do what they do now. It's, you know, these, well, no, they, that's not really actually true. They, they say that that's a common um, complaint, but Mike Phipps, man, they let him play right away uh, or tried to, (laughs) he wasn't any good. Um, But uh, Terry Bradshaw started his first year and was disaster his first year, frankly. Yeah. But uh, they played quarterbacks the first year. Oh, here's, always that controversy. Let me ask you this question. We're, we're going to do our trivia uh, question here, and then the tri- and then our giveaway here in a moment. Woo-hoo. But um, the question was asked to me. I was joined the group of the Steeler podcast last week, and they were going around the room asking us about who is the best former quarterback in like the AFC North, AFC Central. And they went around the room and asking, you know, of, of historically, who would you vote as the best quarterback of the AFC North or AFC or the old AFC Central? Thoughts on that? And then they also asked me like running back. So if you have your take on running back, um, you know, I was on a Steelers podcast. So a couple of guys said Franco Harris. Um, Gee, really? Surprising. Yeah. Now, <laughs> any th- thoughts on a quarterback in the AFC North, old AFC Central, all-time hmm. best quarterback? Some uh, They said Ben Roethlisberger. Of course they did. Well, <clears throat> you mean that like it, played it, it, one year, played his whole career there, or how, how do you want to well, do that? Well, I mean, played – I mean, right, there's some one-hit wonders that just came and went. And Stavro played for the Houston Oilers. Okay, like, that's right, say, yeah. You know, so – That was – right. So I would say – I mean, they, they didn't really put restrictions on it. Yeah, so, yeah I you think could say, Kenny Anderson played his whole career hmm, in the AFC Central, so I would think that would – you know, he was – I think of him as an AFC Central guy. Yeah, you think of him as one of the best, though, Elliot, in all those years that he. Oh was, yeah, he, he was. He was. He went uh, to the Super Bowl, right? That he took. His he team. was historically great um, at the time that he played. Now Roethlisberger was probably a little bit better, but he was in the AFC North 
uh, right. for much of his career. So I don't know if you want. You could also to... um, look at Steve McNair. Right. The, Air McNair. Air McNair. What about I mean... like uh, running backs? I was thinking like Eddie George. Oh, yeah. Earl yeah, Campbell. Earl um, Campbell. Earl Campbell, yeah. You can, and um, I, I think I, I like uh, I like Earl Campbell better. Yeah. But they're both excellent, excellent players. I can still see the tearaway so, jersey on uh, Earl Campbell. Here's Greg another Pruitt. How about Greg Pruitt? Greg, can Pruitt. I Greg, Greg Pruitt, Pruitt, yeah. So here's another one of our cardiac, Greg Pruitt. cardiac trivia question. Also, who was well, the Browns play the Cincinnati Bengals to open up in week one coming up soon in September? Who was the last Cleveland Browns quarterback to win a divisional AFC North uh, win uh, in in a, in a home opener. Veteran quarterback moved ooh, around a lot. Ooh, ooh, Thoughts ooh, on that? Ooh. Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> Steve, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Garcia. What a moment that was! You remember that was the reason we didn't draft Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, oh no, we're not going to be tricked into that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Kellen Winslow. And yeah, from getting him, man. So uh, let's let's trade two draft picks so we can get Kellen Winslow. And they put Kellen Winslow on the he was on the kick return team. Remember that's how he got hurt, right? No, he got well, no, 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 he got, he got, got hurt, hurt on a motorcycle. motorcycle. What well, he had the motorcycle thing, but remember how Almost he was they on were the playing got... a motorcycle on the kick return team. No, now, but the remember they had him on that. special teams, and he was like we were like. Why are they having him on special teams? Like he's one yeah, of the. He got jacked up here in Nashville, and they, they <laughs> played the Titans in preseason. One of the offensive linemen for the Titans laid him out. So yeah, I wondered that too. I'm sitting there going, oh, "You number one draft well, you know, pick on special teams, great." I, I was I was at um, West Virginia University at that time. And one of my students was, you know, we we're all Big East football fans at that uh, point. So we knew a lot about um, Miami football. And uh, one of my students said, you know what? Kellen Winslow is the tight end equivalent of Ryan Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, Wait a that, was, that was when he was drafted. That was before he became a Cleveland Brown. But that hit, you know, we knew that he was a nutcase. But his father, his father had that game that when they played the, it was the Dolphins San Diego game, I think. What a tremendous, if you have an opportunity, anybody listening to this podcast, go back and watch that game from like 1982, 83. That game is monumental. Double or overtime game. San Diego or Miami was way down in that game, and then they came back, and then San Diego was able to, with the elder Kel, Kellen Winslow, was just amazing. So, yeah, um, the, yeah, they stuck a, a, a needle in uh, intravenous uh, needle in the his game, arm, right? During the game, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, was dehydrated. That was Couldn't a fun, I mean, even the field. Just, if you're a football fan, you like football. That was one of the classics. That's really was. So, so we got a giveaway. You know, we've been talking about these giveaways on our Fanatical Elves Network, and we've got some things to give away again. And we did Yay. give away a pair of tickets uh, to the Browns versus Baltimore Ravens game in Week Four. We're excited for that um, fan. B a B A fan, I think is his name. He, uh, great guy lives up in Canada, actually. So that's pretty cool. Hey. So he's going to be coming down for week four, and I know he's excited. But we are giving away some other uh, not not tickets yet, but we will be giving out more tickets. So stay tuned if you're listening to our Fanatical Elves Network. So this week we're giving away a um, car a dry a license plate, license and, plate holder. Yeah, a license plate holder. Car and, not included. Sure oh, there he is. He's joined us. We are we are in the midst of giving away our giveaway here, uh, Mr. Left Guard. We we're gonna we'll have you for the last great five minutes of our show. This yeah. is exciting. So the giveaway is our really a good looking metal metal like high priced, not not cheap, uh, a license plate. So here we go. The winner. Of that is, and we'll reach out to you. Is ready? Here we are. It's North Cal Browns fan. He lives out there in California. 
and the Browns are his team. He also enjoys auto racing and golf, and we want to not at the same time. You. I hope. Yeah, he. <laughs> we want to congratulate you, North Cal Browns fan. You follow the show. We appreciate you. Hopefully, you're tuning into this podcast, and you also retweeted our giveaway. So, thank you so very much, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you soon and sending it out to. Uh, California to you. We're going to have awesome. a mail. Yeah. We're excited yeah, about that. So, yeah. So, um, so that, that would wrap up our show now we, but we've been joined by our uh, contributor, Joel Cade and Joel, I just want to give you props and I've already talked to Elliot and Steve uh, at, at length today um, on the show. But one of the things we did talk about, and I, and I wanted to give you, thank you. And I don't, don't, don't cry again, Elliot. But I did mention that Elliot and you, you know, talked about my Miles Garrett article at the beginning of your podcast earlier today on football philosophy and rocket science. And I appreciate that. And we talked a little bit about my take and you guys were pretty accurate about how I was what I was trying to say. And we talked about Miles leadership on this show also. So just that topic and the Nick Chubb was the other main topic we talked about maybe quickly before we lead the show. Um your take on Miles as far as leadership first, and then maybe uh, Nick Chubb, future Hall of Famer. So, and welcome, Miles Garrett. So this is me, Joel. Miles Garrett. You pay Miles Garrett to get sacks. Let's just put him in position to get sacks. And you know what he does in terms of leadership. That's not why you're paying him. That's why you're paying Anthony Walker. I mean, Anthony Walker doesn't make sense for any other reason except for his leadership. So pay Anthony Walker. Your linebackers are normally your best athletes, their their most leadership, they are the quarterbacks of the defense. Let the linebackers be the leaders, okay? Mm-hmm. Let Miles mm-hmm. Garrett go do his thing and let's just try to rein in the mouth whenever we can. Well, and I had a pity I had Joe, I had a pity party earlier and boy, all the I'm telling you Birdland is crazy, man. I just it's it's amazing. I was I feel pretty famous. I had my name, you know, or my face pl- plastered all over uh, Twitter yesterday and today. Uh, you know, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, See, then, Nick, then you can wear the bag that says I'm no longer famous next week. Right. Nick Chubb. What do you think <laughs> about We talked about Nick Chubb's longevity and the fact we hope that he doesn't get injured along the way. But is he a future Hall of Famer? Where do you stand on that? Well, I think in terms of Nick Chubb, you have to compare what his carries and his average rate, average uh, yards per carry, and his statistics against everyone else in his era. If you're trying to compare him to eras in the past and what the standards have been, um, I'm not sure he's going to make that. But if if you compare him to what running backs are doing now mm-hmm. and how he's kind of worked through his second contract, he's played well through his second contract, okay, he is succeeding above and beyond what everyone else in of his peers are doing. Mm-hmm. In that respect, if you take it in that respect, I think he he is a Hall of Famer if he can continue with what he's doing and how he's doing it. We were all talking earlier, Stephen Elliott and I, about it. It's really phenomenal. I was I've been doing an article on the top ten games for Chubb uh, through his career, and I'm going to be posting that on Dog Pond Daily if anybody still wants to read. Um, but what's the uh, title, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, and by the way, just to let you know, Joel, I told Elliot and everyone who's listening to this knows this. The the actual title was the title that I did. I did come up with that, but I told uh, Randy, our, our our leader in charge, I said, Randy, you if you want to run with this title, go or if you want to change it to something else. But he stuck with it. So I because sometimes Randy has changed some of the, our, our our titles. So anyway, um, but what I was getting at earlier, and Elliot made a great point. We were talking about the percentages. And I got to give props to Stefanski. I know you don't think I like Stefanski or or or, or Randy for that, but <laughs> it really is it really is amazing when you start looking at at Nick Chubb's stats going back to 2018 and how he was used by Hugh Jackson, the percentage of plays that he was actually on the field. It is remarkable if you look at Stefanski's track record with Chubb and how. And I know that Cream Hunt was the other counterpart, but he has been consistently giving Chubb anywhere between 52 and 58% of, you know, the snaps offensively. And then Elliot expanded on that talking about how, if you look at him compared to the rest of the league, 
on just snaps. For example, give like back in 2021 when they played the Cincinnati Bengals, Chubb ran the ball 17 times for like an incredible 140 yards in a in a blowout of of the Bengals. He 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 was on the field 27 of the only 27 plays, and he ran the ball 17 of those 27 plays. So it speaks to like Elliot was saying how his percentage or his yards per actual per number snap, yards per yeah, snap. snaps is, is just amazing so mm-hmm. um definitely if he can continue that he, and and like elliot said too i mean the browns need to get back to the playoffs the browns need to be contending for a super bowl those things are going to uh be looked at more fondly by people that right. vote for that'll help him but you can also make the hall of fame by not only having or only by having one winning season i mean that's yeah. that's happening yeah. so Okay, let me get your final take, sure. Steve. Back up top to you. Let's. Uh, we're, we're we're the Brady. We're the Brady bunch. Here. Oh, we got dogs barking everywhere. Well, my dog is. is I, I have. Oh, is that your dog? <laughs> That's my dog. I've got. I've got my okay. dog. Boy. This is the dog, dog pound. Bark. My dog barks. Yes, we are part of the dog pound. I think we need to get. We need to go from the fanatical elves to the new uh, Browns dog logo well fanatical um, dogs broken yeah steve final take on uh things that we should know about the browns or final take on things that you're looking forward to this week (laughs) as we uh as we get ready for training camp which is around the corner yeah it's around the corner i can't wait uh i think some of these uh positional battles will be straightened out i'm curious to see uh, you know, if they uh, play players at different positions, you know, like mm-hmm. if they make Nick put Nick uh, Harris instead of center, play him a guard a few plays. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they've been known to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Michael Dunn was playing center last year quite a bit. So that's I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I just can't wait. I, I, I just I don't want to see any players in the news. I, I'm glad our franchise <laughs> quarterback is traveling the world oh he my god italy. he's everywhere he's he was everywhere. in italy and he's heading back and you know sitting there smoking a cigar drinking some booze putting individual ice cubes in his glass and the ice cubes were perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but anyway i'm just uh i'm just counting down to training camp excellent Can't wait. excellent elliot final thoughts um, I, I think the uh, Browns are still going to make uh, one more move. Uh, may not happen right away. I think the, that uh, we're seeing a different strategy where some of the players that are 30 years old maybe don't want to sign up for a 17-game season, but they might uh, enter the NFL at game two or three. Okay. And, uh, I think there's going to be one more move. Right. Can we get? Can we slip in any Baltimore Ravens hate before we leave, Joel? Oh yeah, the Ravens are like we were talking about yesterday on the podcast, Elliot and I. The Ravens are just a confused mess. I don't think they know what they're doing right now. I think they're, I, I don't know, either they're trying to transition to something else or whatever it is. They're just that what they're doing is not making any sense. As if you would think, hey, let's build a winning team. I think the Ravens are doing just the opposite of that right now. Mm-hmm. Wow, very good. Good. Any final takes on the brownies as you as we prep? What are you looking for this next week or two? Anything that you see in the on the future for the Joel? Browns? Yeah, let's stay out of jail. <laughs> this is that time of the year where we like pray every night that like adult grown men can stay out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, hey guys, I appreciate you joining me tonight on our fanatical elves show. Uh, it was a great conversation tonight, and I hope if you're, you've tuned in that you come back and listen to all of the great content we have going every week. We've added a show this week. Steve up there um, has, has started his Dog Pound South podcast, which was awesome this week. Please tune into that. Uh, we have Joel with his What the Elf Was That? And then uh, the Elliot, Village Elliot, joins Joel, and they have the Football Philosophy and Rocket Science also, we have Rod Bloom, who's going to join us in one of these shows. I did talk to Rod, and he wanted um, fans to know and the contributors here that he will be joining us on one of these Fanatical Elves shows uh, in the near future. So I'm excited for that. Um, again, tune in. Every week we have our giveaways, and we just gave away our license plate to Brown's uh, Northern California guy. So we'll get that out to him. 
Uh, again, uh, this weekend we've got a actually, guys. This is I was uh, going to throw out another little podcast. We're going to do a little um, stadium mustard uh, podcast where we talk Browns uh, or Cleveland recipes, and uh, we may push that out here over the weekend. A Just food do- show. A food show. I know. So tell tell your awesome. wives. Tell your wives. I'm gonna go tell Laura to go go. You know, to, oh, that's, is, oh, uh, Joel. This is this is my five year. This now. is our five year <laughs> wedding anniversary tonight. So I just wanted you to know I'm spending the evening with you, Joel. Um, it is early still. So <laughs> see, we all make mistakes in life. I don't think he wants to say number six. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> all right, folks. Thanks again for joining us. We are the Fanatical Elves Network, and we will see you next time. Go Browns. Go Browns. And stay out of trouble, Browns players. Stay out of trouble. That's all I can say. Car service. Car service and DoorDash. Ha, 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 ha.